0: Hey, Cinefans, it's time for another episode of Solo Slayers. And as the name implies, again, you are here with the resident wrestler. Yes, sir. The living proof, Justin Taylor. And I'm here all by myself again to talk about uh, Clint Eastwood's uh, latest directed film, Richard Jewell. Uh, again, this was the another film that I just had the pleasure of seeing, and unfortunately, my colleagues uh, just have not been able to get in the theater to see this one. But it was another film that I thought deserved some attention and some time on our podcast, so I wanted to make sure that this also got. So here we go with Richard Jewell, And I guess really, uh, before I start to just dissect this film, I just wanted to say a few things about Clint Eastwood. Um, Clint Eastwood is not necessarily a man who I share, uh, (laughs) you know uh, political ideologies with or anything like that I I mean um, I definitely don't agree with him on that that end I mean I'm definitely somewhere I guess more on the left side or in the middle and um, we know uh, that that Clint is very much a red guy he's very much on the right of that whole deal and um, you know and I haven't liked uh, uh, everything that he can some uh, all of his beliefs and different things things like that. And I know that, uh, famously that from time to time, people are still referencing that whole speech that he gave Obama in the empty chair and different things like that. So uh, it goes without saying that this is not somebody who I share similar beliefs or political views with or anything like that. However, when it comes to Clint Eastwood's ability to make film when it comes to him as a director he has always been through the years one of my favorite directors. um uh, uh the million dollar baby is probably my favorite movie and i know we did a podcast one time where we kind of talked about what are our favorite movies and different things like that and i mentioned million dollar baby as one of my favorites Uh, my favorite Western film is Unforgiven. Also a movie that was directed and starred Clint Eastwood. Morgan Freeman was also great in that also. Uh, So Clint Eastwood is, as far as his directing, is somebody that um, I've always followed. And it's somebody that I've always respected. I liked American Sniper that came out a few years ago. Um, you, you know, uh, Grand Torino, where he kind of was played like this grumpy old man, get off my lawn type of deal. Th- that was a great movie too. And just back to Million Dollar Baby for a moment. That to me, that is just. Out of the sports movies, of course, everybody's got the first Rocky up there, and I get it. I mean, Sloss Alone has a statue, but for my money, the best boxing movie that I've ever seen, my most favorite boxing movie is Million Dollar Baby. of uh, Bull is another great one, and of course, you know, those might be a little bit higher on the totem pole because of their impact and everything like that and the fandom that they've amassed, but for me personally, me dollar baby takes the cake for me. And that is a film that Clint not only co-starred in, but he directed. So I've always respected his directing. Um, and I've always been a fan. So I always try to make it a point to see his films. And I'm not going to lie. Last year, the film, The Mule was a little underwhelming to me. I, I, I just, uh, y- you know, I thought that he's definitely done better work and normally uh, Clint Eastwood uh, typically has something to say with his films. There's usually a bigger picture and a bigger message with a lot of his great films that I enjoyed. And I just didn't feel like The Mule had that. I just didn't feel like it lived up to that. So... I gave you all that little bit of a background about me and my opinion of Clint Eastwood ju- because going into this movie, Richard Jewell, when I saw the previews, the previews looked really compelling. I had not heard about this guy. I, of course, I knew about the bombing in 1996 and everything with that situation um, at Centennial Park, and I had known about that Summer Olympic bombing in Atlanta, but. This was a story that I guess for whatever reason I hadn't followed it enough to know about this, but I totally was not aware of this man named Richard Jewell. Or maybe by the time I had heard about it, his name had been cleared and I didn't realize that there was just this big story behind it. So even though I knew of this event in American history, the the aftermath and some of the things surrounding Richard Jewell and his battle with the media and the FBI and law enforcement and things like that, th- that was not a story I was privy to. But the previews for this looked compelling. I liked the casting of this. I saw John Hamm, I saw Olivia Wilde. And I just saw some people that I like, Kathy Bates is somebody else who I'm a huge fan of. And I'll get into these actors a little bit individually later. But I saw all these things that I liked and I saw that this looked like this was going to be a strong message. And I saw the potential for this to really say something about media and how people are portrayed and how that can be something deceiving or there can be agendas and different things like that. I really thought that maybe Maybe there were all these messages and things that could potentially come from this movie. And my impulse was that this is going to be great. This might be a step back in the right direction for Clint Eastwood. Not saying that he's fallen off the wagon or anything like that. But I did think that Mule was a slight misstep. So I thought this was going to be along the lines of some of his best stuff like Unforgiven, Letters of Iwo Jima, Um, Million Dollar Baby. I thought it was going to be kind of in the direction of those films. So that's kind of the mindset that I went going in. And for the most part, I did enjoy this film. And I do have some problems and there is some controversy surrounding the film actually that I will speak on. But overall, this was an enjoyable film. Um, I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about Paul Walter Hauser first, who plays Richard Jewell in this. And I I don't know uh, Paul Walter Hauser. um, I'm not privy to a lot of his other films. I'm not a big fan of his by any stretch of the imagination. And I don't know how this guy is in real life, but my goodness. Did he play this character so well into a T? Richard Jewell comes off as this very likable person, this very genuine person. And this person who's always had this dream of being a part of law enforcement. He's always kind of had this dream of being a real life hero, protecting people, different things like that. And he always And he just really seems to have this aura about him, that he's just trying to be this upstanding person and just kind of... One of those people that does what they can and tries to believe in the system and wants to do right by the American system. That's what he reminds me of. And I think if you think about it, you probably know a person who's like that. Just shoot. Some people in my friendship circles might say, I'm the guy that's like that. Just a guy who's a straight shooter. Most of the time trying to do the right thing. Most of the time uh, wants to believe in the system and is very much an optimist when it comes to the sense of justice and things like that. And wants to believe that the, 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 government and law enforcement and things like that have the best interest at heart and just a hardworking individual, just a regular guy trying to do what he can to help society. And maybe I don't fit all of those things. Cause of course I've got my own opinions about law enforcement and things like that. I mean, you just tend to have a different opinion when you're black, but but overall, I can understand the sentiments of this person. I can understand what they were going for with this Richard Jewell character. Just all around good dude that seems like he's just trying to function positively in in society. And without getting too much in the story, uh, he takes a job as a security officer at uh, Centennial Park, the Summer Olympics um, in Atlanta. They're having a concert. Rock bands are showing up out there at Centennial Park. They've got country music singers. So this just happened to be a particular night where our character, Richard Jewell, finds a mysterious bag and and he goes into protocol mode. Um, not sure what this bag is. He calls the proper authorities. They're trying to get people to evacuate once they discover that it's a bomb. And and after the situation is over, the bomb does blow up. They do, however, with the team Richard Jewell and the team on hand do prevent a lot of potential casualties in this. Uh, there, there was even a great part in the film where Richard Jewell is talking about the trajectory that the that that the shrapnel from the bomb took. And the fact that because the bag was tilted upward, even though that kind of happened by accident or whatever, um, because of just a skirmish he was kind of having with some kids were metal around drinking and he was trying to prevent that and they were near the bag actually. But because the bag had been kind of tilted upward, um, a lot of the, the the debris and the shrapnel and the projectile nails and metal and things like that that the bomb is armed with so that when it blows up those things, can spread actually shot into the air, which limited casualties. So that was an interesting tidbit about this whole bombing situation that I didn't know. So it was nice to hear things like that. But long story short, uh, Richard Jewell and the rest of the authorities on hand prevented casualties. However, um, and, and 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 at first he's seen as this hero. He gets these media. Uh, comes and they interview him and they call him a hero and people want to do book deals and uh, he's a, a very popular person. And then suddenly the narrative begins to change. And now the FBI is looking at him as a possible suspect. He fits a lot of the profile of a person who, and I forget the condition that they called it in the film, but they said there's a condition for this. And we've seen it before in other terrorists and other people like that, where a person will plant bombs and cause destruction and then be on hand to help people and stuff like that so that they can be called a hero there's a there's a term for it and i'm mad at myself that i didn't look this up prior, but basically it's a person who tries to see attention or recognition by purposely destroying something and things like that. And you probably heard of it before, but that is what they accused Richard Jewell of having, or he at least fit the profile of an individual who might have this. And all of the media attention he was getting, after this bomb went off did kind of support that at the time uh there is a reporter um and uh or the media so to speak is represented by olivia wilde <coughs> excuse me sorry this change of weathers is getting to boy but um but she is a news reporter who kind of takes this narrative that richard Jewell has gone from this hero to somebody who's the prime suspect And she runs with it. She takes this story and kind of relentlessly uh, paints him as this horrible person in the news. And so you have all these people in the media kind of painting this story about Richard Jewell that we find out because we're with Richard Jewell and scenes with him and his mother played by Kathy Bates who is wonderful in this. But we find out that the way that they're painting this person, the way that they're labeling this person just really isn't true. And when things finally reach an uncontrollable point for Richard Jewell, he calls in on an old friend, um, Watson, who's played by Sam Rockwell. He calls in on Sam Rockwell, who's a guy that he used to actually work for, and he used to... uh run errands for Sam Rockwell's character Watson and he used to work for him and he would come and um, as a maintenance man and sometimes he sanitary stuff garbage and stuff like that but he struck up a friendship with um, Watson uh, prior to Watson becoming a lawyer and uh, and Watson was involved in politics and things like that but now Watson is a lawyer now <clears throat> kind of more of a freelance guy and even though Richard Jewell and Watson had have parted ways and have been separate from each other for a few years now. Uh, Richard Jewell makes that all important phone call. He had nobody else that he trusted, nobody else that really looked at him and and somebody who he really considered a friend. Other than his mom, this guy was pretty much a loner and he was kind of eccentric and he kind of had some. Uh, ways about him that just were a little bit off you know he kind of had some ways about him that were just a little bit off and so he didn't have that many friends but watson was someone who looked at him and saw him for a lot of the good qualities that he had so because of that friendship he calls watson in this situation and says, hey, friend, hey, Watson, I need your help. Will you defend me in this case? Will you come and help me and everything like that? And there's, of course, some back and forth with Watson trying to find out what Richard Jordan knows, having to make sure, okay, Tell me the truth. I need to hear the truth from you before I know how to approach this, before I know how to attack this. I need to hear the truth from you first. And all of these scenes with Sam Rockwell and Paul Hauser are just wonderful. They really seem genuine. They have great chemistry. You do get the sense that there is this friendship and that there is this really just genuine understanding and respect for each other. And I definitely think that that comes across in the film. And Sam Rockwell is just one of those actors that's always been very consistent. Um, I haven't seen Vice yet, but I know that a lot of people were harping on his portrayal of George W. Bush and Vice. And every time there's a movie every year where Sam Rockwell is in it or co-stars in it, I just can't help but hear his name or hear how well he did and things like that. So this is definitely an actor that I'm going to have to start paying more attention to. And maybe that's a shame. Maybe I should have known about him or seen him coming. And he's been in a lot of. Uh, other movies that are that are good jojo rabbit is another movie that's been getting uh rave reviews and that you know there's talk that he was also good in that as well so maybe this is a guy that I need to show more respect and pay attention to but Rockwell was great here and uh, I can definitely say that he's a supporting actor in this that really his scenes uh, together with Paul Walter Hauser, just really make this movie. They're warm and they're full of thought and they just have excellent chemistry. Kathy Bates, who plays Richard Jewell's mother in this, Bobby Jewell. My goodness, uh, Kathy Bates. And, and, And what can I not say about Kathy Bates? This is somebody who I've just always, always been a fan of her work uh Dolores Claiborne is a great movie uh Misery is one of my favorite movies I mean Misery is definitely up there I don't know exactly where it ranks but I mean I'm pretty sure uh in my top 20 somewhere Misery will probably be on my list she is wonderful in that film and most of the time Kathy Bates is an actress that shows up there's hardly anything I watch with her and I'm not just awed by the presence that she has and her ability to just play a character and just be so compelling And she's wonderful um, in this film as Bobby Jewell. She's a caring and loving mother and she tries to be there for him, but she doesn't know how. And you can see the world unraveling around them as the paparazzi and the media just have this stranglehold on her son and just the way they're labeling her people who she often watched and were entertained by on tv are now talking about her son and making fun of him and saying these things about him and the world just comes crumbling down after only days ago her son was touted and looked at as a hero and she was so proud and now she's a mother in a situation where she doesn't know how to protect her son and she's scared and all of this just comes across in Kathy Bates's performance. All of this comes across and there's a scene where she just finally, she's trying to be strong and you can sense that this is all affecting her and she's trying to be so strong. And finally, the walls come down and she finally just breaks down and has to admit that she is scared to death because she knows that this could potentially be the death penalty for her son. And Kathy Bates just breaks down and puts it all in perspective. And I mean, it's just such a heartfelt and moving scene. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if every now and then you hear her name mentioned this award season. It really was just a standout performance, especially when you think about the fact that she was like a... Co. Cole, Cole, you know, she was like a supporting actor of a supporting actor in this film. Because if Richard Jewell, if uh, Paul Walter Hauser is your main character, Sam Roxell Rockwell was more like that second support than probably more at the bottom of the list. Uh you know, and then you even had like John Hamm and Olivia Wilde had a lot of scenes too. But Kathy Bates like she probably is at the lower half of that list as far as what her role was in the film, but man, she showed up for her scenes and really is one of the strongest things about this movie. So I definitely recommend you see it for her performance. I'm a big fan. Bravo to you, Kathy Bates, for just nailing it in the few scenes that you had in this film. Uh, And John Hamm is is another person that I'm a fan of. I watched all of the seasons of Mad Men and I followed that story. And ever since I watched Mad Men, I've been a fan of John Hamm. He's one of those people where if he was just a little bit younger, if if things had been differently, I think he would be the perfect Superman. He has the voice, he has the American good, you know, white American good looks, so to speak. And he's got that charisma about him. He's got a way with facials and things like that. Oh my gosh! This he would have been such a great Superman, but and who knows? Maybe if they wound up doing a Crisis storyline or. Ooh, or a Kingdom Come movie where you have an older Superman, please get John Ham to do it. Please. Just tell him to work out a little bit, and which he doesn't look bad anyway. But I mean, please, if there's ever a Kingdom Come movie, I implore you DC people out there. If there's ever a Kingdom Come film, which to me is the best Superman story that, that has ever been written or done, get John Hamm to play Superman, please. That's all I ask. But no, but back to this movie, we're not talking about comic book. Uh, Excuse the nerd in me. But John Hamm is graded here, too, as this relentless FBI agent who is really just trying to get to the bottom of this. He truly strongly believes that Richard Jewell had something to do with this, and he wants to find the culprit, and he wants to nail him. He thinks he's on to something, and even when there are things in the film that kind of don't line up with that logic, he is a person who is so relentless that he has just sort of made himself believe, no. This is the bad guy, and I'm coming after him. Um, and maybe he or and, or maybe he had an accomplice. Maybe he was actually working with another person. Just what the explanation needed to be, John Hamm. To, to what whatever the explanation needed to be to make Richard Jewell the culprit in this, John Hamm was willing to do. And there are just some good scenes with him too, where there were him and other FBI agents are trying to trick. Richard Jewell into signing away his Miranda rights. And then there are scenes where he's trying to get Richard Jewell to repeat. And And this is a famous scene that was in the previews. But the scene where they're trying to get him to repeat the phrase, there's a bomb in Centennial Park. You have 30 minutes because at the time, uh, the actual culprit called the authorities and said, there's a bomb in Centennial Park and gave a warning. So he's having they're having Richard Jewell say this over and over in this thing. And, and, and every time John Hamm is on screen, he really is good at playing like this antagonist FBI agent who is just hell bent on seeing Richard Jewell fry for this and I thought that for what the movie was and for the role that he had I think that John Hamm was exceptional in this nothing was over the top it wasn't one of those ha 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 I'm a dark villain type of things Clint Eastwood is better than that he's a more mature filmmaker than that nothing was comically bad or anything like that and this was a character who also had flaws and had feelings and different things like that and and, and he didn't it didn't seem like he just hated Richard Jewell, or there was this deep-rooted vendetta, but he was about his business, and he wanted to find the culprit. And this happened on his watch. He was actually present at Centennial Park when this bomb went off, and he feels responsible. And it's just that drive, and it just kind of shows how sometimes... Even the noblest of intentions, that drive and want to to bring the culprit to justice, that drive and that want to make somebody pay for this was just too over, was so overwhelming that he's looking for the wrong guy. And I think that that is something that does uh, come across in this film. But as the film unravels and you get to hear more about Richard Jewell's life and understand the kind of person he is, and there are things that I think you can point to that kind of line up with some of those right-wing political views. There was uh, a, scene, uh, a scene that I'm sure will be a popular scene in this film, especially with the right, because there's always this argument about guns and protection and different things like that, right? Well, there's a great scene in here where Sam Rockwell, who is, who we've established as Watson, Richard Jules' lawyer is there at his house and he's asking him, look, they're going to come and they're going to search this place. So is there anything that I need to know about? Is there something that you haven't told me about? Are there items in this house? Is there something that would make you look more like a criminal? Do you have any weapons? And he says, oh yeah, I have weapons. And man, whenever he goes into, uh, Um, Richard Jewell's bedroom and Richard Jewell has all of these automatic weapons and shotguns and hunting and shooting equipment sprawled out on his bed. You know, for a moment, it just looks like we're in Uh, john wick movie and of course uh (laughs) um sam rockwell watson is like oh man oh my gosh i mean what are you doing why do you have all these guns why do you have all this and he goes well i'm i'm a hunter i like to hunt so that's why i have all this stuff and you can almost just feel uh The Clint Eastwood going, yeah, you know, I have guns and I like them and I'm a hunter, so blah, blah, blah. What's the big deal with guns? You could almost hear that, but at least it doesn't get too preachy or anything like that. Actually, you get to hear both sides of it. Sam goes, look, man. Uh, or Watson, Sam Rockwell's character, Watson goes, look, Richard, like this. I mean, sure, you're, you're not doing anything wrong by having these guns, but you've got to understand how this makes you look. You've got to understand how having this many guns in your home, you've got to understand what the optics of this look like. And of course, Richard Jew is going, but I'm not doing anything. I mean, the truth is, is I just like to go hunting and that's why I have all this stuff. And you just never know. What could happen but most of this is for hunting you know i'm a good person he goes i understand that and i know that but this is going to be a headache to try to explain away and this is just something that we're going to have to have a strategy against if it's presented in court so i like at least that they showed both sides of that yes you can be a sane person and have all of these guns and different things like that but there are also risks that you're taking and that there's a de- there's definitely an aura and, and something that it gives off having all of those guns. So I at least like that both sides of that were looked at from both perspectives of the people. Um, and this was a, not a scene that lingered for too long or anything like that. So I didn't feel like I was getting hammered with the political message. It just felt like Uh, a nice addition to what we were seeing, how the optics look versus how the person really is, which is still primarily on the theme of this film. Um, And as we unravel this film and get to the end, you can't help but be happy for how this situation turns out for Richard Jewell. You can't be, you can't help but be happy and root for this guy. He feels like an underdog. He feels like the guy you should be rooting for. He feels like that good dude who was just trying to help and then the system that he looked up to, that he wanted to be a part of because he had aspirations to be part of law enforcement and be a police officer. That was the whole reason why he had joined the security team at the 96 Olympics for Centennial Park in the first place, so you couldn't help but root for this guy. And what I loved about this character is that he wasn't just some country hit guy and talking that type of jive and just was, didn't have a brain or anything like that. They, 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 you know, Clint, I think went all in on showing all the layers of this guy and why this is an admirable person. And even when the FBI was grilling him, even when the media was in his face and saying these things about him and they were investigating him and searching the home and things like that, he's still this character, this Richard Jewell person, he's still, Still found it hard to try to place any blame on them. There was a part where Watson asked him, Well, how do you feel about law enforcement now that they're, you know, all in your home? They're taking your mother's underwear, they're searching the place up and down. How did, do, and, and you don't even deserve all of this? You didn't do anything wrong. How do you feel about law enforcement ha- um, now? And this is just a testament. To Paul Walter House's performance as Richard. He's sitting there and the wheels are turning and he feels and he looks so conflicted. And you can just tell that he doesn't want to badmouth the authorities. He doesn't want to say anything bad about the police. And so he makes excuses for them. Well, I mean, this is just part of the procedure. This is what they have to do. They wouldn't treat anybody else any differently. This is what they have to do. And then even and then when um, uh, Watson presses him a little bit more, he then uh, makes excuses for him again, but in the form of himself, he goes, well, maybe I could have done better. Maybe if I had followed protocols better, or if I had been away from the bomb, if I had maybe notified authorities sooner and different things like that perhaps this is on me perhaps that's the reason why they're investigating me was because I could have done something different and you just saw this refusal to fight them because he idolized the system so much he idolized that the that the system is always trying to do the right thing and they and and the government and the news and everybody the, 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 the they that they stand for the right things and they mean well and this is just them trying to get justice for these people It's not them coming down on me and targeting me. But, um, and, and that's some growth that this, that this person has to go through. But by the end of the film, He's the underdog, and he's ready to fight, and he does stand up for himself, and he does mention some things, but he doesn't do it in the traditional way. This wasn't about a man shitting on the FBI or shitting on the media more than it was him saying, look, while you put all this focus on me, I shudder to think what the real culprit is out there doing. I shudder to think if another bomb has to go off before we finally believe that I didn't do this, and that scares me more. More than anything is that the actual culprit isn't being brought to justice. And when he delivers this speech, when they're um, when they're before the FBI and some of the other court people, when, when this speech is delivered by Richard Jewell, you just feel it. You just know with every fiber of your being that he felt that way and that he's telling the truth. And this was not about a strategy, a strategy to deflect blame or implication off of him but that was genuinely how this man felt and 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 the kind of man that Richard Jewell was and when it all comes to a resolution and of course uh if you check the history books you know that Richard Jewell wasn't arrested for this and they eventually ended the investigation and determined that he wasn't the one who had done this and eventually they did catch the guy the guy I believe confessed to this called in and confessed to this a few years later, but, but, but case in point about Richard Jewell, Even after he was found innocent and all of this and everything and the investigation ceased, he still became a police officer. We get to see later scenes where he's actually there working for the police department. And to me, that really just encapsulates what kind of man he was and how even though this happened to him and it would be so easy for him to say, man, screw law enforcement. Look what they did to me. Screw the FBI. Look what they did to me. Look what they tried to make me do. But because of his belief in the system and and the fact that I'm going to try to make it better with my efforts and not worry about the efforts of others or what others did to me, I will be the change that happens in this department. I will be the change that happens with justice and law enforcement and things like that. And he became a part of that system himself. So you got to applaud a man like that with beliefs like that and somebody who stood by that and even still didn't let that defer his dreams of being a part of it and try to make it better from within. So in the end, this does feel good. It does feel like a good story about a man who was falsely accused and his name was dragged in the mud but who overcame that and came out better on the other side for it so in that way it is a feel good story and I definitely think that this is several steps above the mule that Clint Eastwood released uh, early last year this is definitely a step up and I did enjoy this film overall so my hat is off to him for that. Um, now when it comes to dislikes in this movie this is where I can kind of talk about the controversy surrounding uh, Richard Jewell for a little bit well I guess when it comes to some of the dislikes uh, I guess mainly just um, with, with the media and, um, and and the FBI and things like that I do think that it, it uh, th- that that Eastwood just went all in on portray- on portraying them as antagonists. So all they wanted to do was just throw um Richard Jewell's name in the dirt. All they seemed to be in this movie was a representation of what not to do or how they were coming down on this guy and we just didn't want them to see that. And yes, I think it made for 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 the the right kind of storytelling because you need an antagonist and they definitely serve that purpose. But you do get the sense of uh, of saying, well, this is supposed to be based on true events and this is actually something that happened. So how true was this? I mean, how evil were these people really? Is this really the way these people were? So, you know, it just has you asking questions like that. And so not every scene with them comes off as being something where you're like okay would a person would they have really just done this or would a person have really said it that way or would a person even after having evidence just really think that this was still possible so there are times where you're like okay i think he clint was trying a little too hard to just make him the ultimate evil uh Another thing that has sparked controversy is with the Olivia Wilde character. Um, now, Olivia Wilde in this film plays this reporter, Kathy Scruggs, and, and, and Kathy Scruggs was actually one of the reporters who broke the original story about Richard Jewell possibly being this criminal, possibly being this bomber, and then trying to take credit for it. Um, now, there is a scene in the film with John Hamm and Olivia Wilde where basically um and, and John Hamm uh, if I haven't said the name of the actual person is played by Tom Shaw the FBI um agent and there's a scene with John Hamm and Olivia Wilde where Um, where Tom and Kathy are there at the um, Centennial Park and they're at the music festival and celebration. And so they obviously know each other. They have a conversation and um, Kathy is trying to get Tom to dance and um, Tom is not having any of it. And she's like, oh, come on. And she's a bit down on her luck because they've been struggling to find some news stories. So we saw a scene with Olivia while there where Kathy is struggling to, Uh, find uh, a, a hot story. So she's just desperately looking and itching for her next hot story. Um, and then, you know, she kind of has a little flirt, a slightly flirtatious, but just an enjoyable moment with John Hamm, the Tom Shaw character. And so we see beforehand that they have some history. Well, when the bomb blows up and they first start investigating people, it hasn't been leaked to the news yet that Richard Jewell is a prime suspect. Right now, the media has been going with the story of him being a local hero. Well, uh... There is a bar scene with Olivia Wilde and John Hamm and they meet up and they're talking about this whole situation. And of course, Tom Shaw is down on his luck a little bit because he's like, man, that bombing happened on my watch. I feel responsible for this and blah, blah, blah. And he's just kind of not really forthcoming, but just kind of telling her that right now the process is frustrating as they're investigating people. And of course, Olivia while being the pushy reporter, is like, hey, do you have any leads? Is there anything that you can tell me? Come on. And she's trying to get this information out of him, and he's not budging. And then she kind of comes on a little strong. She suits, she scoots up closer. She starts to touch him kind of along the thigh, and we're still asking questions. And of course, John Hamm or Tom is not really taking her advances, uh, her, her advances that strong at first, he kind of plays a little hard to get, but then, but after a while, uh, she gets closer and, you know, Olivia Wilde is Olivia Wilde. She's looking all cute and stuff. And Tom starts to get, to give in. And then, uh, you know, he tells her that we're investigating Richard Jewell right now. The optics are, is that he's actually a prime suspect. And she hears that, and she's like, "Oh, well, then this is totally happening tonight." And the implication is, uh, and then of course, uh, Jon Hamm, uh, Tom Shaw is like, "Okay, this is happening. Yeah, this is happening. Well, let's get the fuck out of here." And obviously, the the implication is is that they had sex, which. We know that when it comes to journalistic ethics and things like that, having sex for a story is something that has often been portrayed in Hollywood. And it's something that has often been kind of one of those cliche things that does happen in juicy Hollywood stories and stuff like that. But this is something that is definitely frowned upon by journalists. This is something that they say is just a big no, no. It's a complete just uh. It's a complete violation of their codes of ethics. And it's not really the way that you would want to come by a story. And there's just this scene and Clint Eastwood really pours it on deep here because not only was that troubling, but then after the story breaks out and Kathy Scruggs writes the big article about Richard Jewell being a possible suspect, um, it makes the news. And of course, uh, the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, I believe that was who she worked for. Um the yeah the Atlanta Journal I believe that's who she worked for. Well, that story is hot shit. And so there's this standing ovation that Kathy Scruggs gets whenever the article is published where everybody in the newsroom just stands up and claps because she got this scoop, she got this lead and She's laughing and just soaking it in and soaking in all the adulation and everything like that. And you can't help but sit there and shake your head and go, what an awful person. Look what you have to do. You have to entice this FBI agent to get this story. And it really does come off as a very villainous act type of thing that she does. So of course, there are journalists and and, and the Kathy Scruggs, from what I understand, has now passed away. She's now deceased. So this character is based off of a real life reporter at that time. And this reporter is no longer alive to defend herself or tell her side of the story. So of course, a lot of her journalistic colleagues and people that used to work with her and stuff were angry about this, and they said, "Hey, you—you you really drove her name and and her likeness and everything into the dirt. She didn't have sex to get that that story or anything like that. Her and the FBI agent had a history, but the but but none but nothing sexual happened, and that's totally wrong. In the life that you're painting her in, she's already dead. She can't defend herself, and it's awful." that you made her look like this and then they placed blame on Olivia Wilde and said Olivia Wilde you're a feminist man I mean you you stand for the opposite of this kind of stuff we can't believe that you accepted this role and took this role given the implications that it implies and Olivia Wilde had to uh, uh had to submit a response to this and in an interview she talked about what she was doing and how she saw the role and how she justified her playing the role so yeah there's been kind of this controversy and oddly enough and almost sadly enough this controversy about how this Kathy Scruggs uh, reporter was portrayed has completely overshadowed Richard Jewell and this film and uh and and that's kind of sad that 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 um that now We are deferring our attention away from Richard Jewell, the man who at the time really got robbed of his reputation and and name was thrown in the dirt. But because now we're talking about this reporter and how she was thrown in the dirt as a character in this film and how she and the unethical means she went about to get this story and. Uh honestly I've thought about this for a few days and it's hard to really take a stance on this. I honestly don't know where I fall on this like um it because honestly How can you truly take a side on it if we don't really know the truth? I mean, there's no evidence to support that, that Kathy did do that in order to get the lead, but it doesn't seem like there's much evidence out there to support that she didn't do it. So how do you know if it's true or not? Um, and, And that's what makes it hard. You know, there is no absolute truth. You just got different sides saying different things. And Clint Eastwood, they interviewed him and he stood by the film and said well there's not anything to refute the fact that it didn't he kind of repeated the same thing i just said well there's nothing there to really refute that it didn't happen so maybe it could have happened but you got to remember this is a movie we're going to dramatize things and things like that to tell the story and It's true, it's not the first time that a biopic or something based on true events has uh, where a movie has altered the truths or done so a little revisionist history to make the story fit or to make the story flow or to make it work, even though it is about real people and real things. So, there is that aspect of it, too. So, I just found myself not being too angry about it, but I will say this, and I think that this this. this is the only pertinent take I can take on it. Um, This movie is supposed to be about, and, and, and I do feel that this is a cautionary tale about the way that the media and the news and law enforcement can smear a person, can ruin a person's life, can make a person who is innocent seem guilty and how that's wrong and how they shouldn't do that and this and we're happy in the end because Richard Jewell overcame all of that, but we're upset because our American media and our uh FBI are were also pivotal were also pivotal pivotal, sorry, can't talk today pivotal. They were also pivotal in making and smearing Richard Jewell's name. So I do feel that there is a cautionary tale in here about how the about how the news needs to be more accurate, how law enforcement can be better about who they convict and who they profile and different things like that. And coming from a black man speaking from a black man living in America, of course I believe those things. This is Often these kinds of things often happen to black people in this country. And so there's this real cautionary tale about that in this film. However, because that is the aim of the film and because that is the message that the film is trying to convey, you also can't in the same breath be a hypocrite. And smear somebody else for the sake of telling this message about how we need to accurately report and label people and shouldn't profile people and things like that. So... Uh, I guess we have to at least acknowledge that. It is a little hypocritical if, on one end, you want me to root for Richard Jewell and say Richard Jewell was wrongfully accused, Richard Jewell's name was smeared, and what the media did to him was wrong, and they labeled him as something as he wasn't, and that's wrong. Well, if that is wrong then make sure that in the film you try to accurately portray everyone as best that you can but whenever you're doing eye for an eye type stuff and you're defaming this person who is now dead in order to kind of uplift this person who happened at the time it does feel like you're stepping on your own message and i couldn't help overall, but walk away feeling like that. And that's why I decided to put this whole deal in the dislike section, because I do, because that's one thing about it. If your message is going to be about, um, about how it's not right to slander people, to alter a story of people or to profile people wrongly and then smear their names like they did with Richard Jewell. You can't then smear the name of one of these journalists and make her seem like just this awful person who had sex with tips and then basked, and basked in all of the glory of it. You can't have that and none of it be true and you had no evidence of it or anything like that so you can't smear her but yet then i'm supposed to be uplifted by the higher level message of we shouldn't smear people with the media so yeah there is something a little hypocritical about that so i guess overall It it has to go in a dislike. And unfortunately, it's sad because uh, this film had a real opportunity to make a statement with that. But now that message is kind of being construed because there's an example of the movie where it does the very thing that it accused the media and the FBI of doing to richard Jewell, and that kind of has created a mixed message and therefore it, it it won't resonate as strong this will not be one that we can put up there in clint eastwood's best because of this kind of stuff that surrounds it but that would probably wrap it up for my dislikes about this film. So when it comes to a recommendation and score, I do recommend this film. I Overall, there is enough here to recommend versus the things that I dislike. And yeah, that kind of uh, hypocritical or controversial methods and messages aside, I do think that this film is incredibly active. I wouldn't be surprised if around Oscar time, around oscar time we see paul walter hauser again as his name come up as richard Jewell, and i hope that this guy can get some more roles because he does a fantastic job when he was needed to be emotional he was when it needed to be heartfelt he was and when he needed to be determined or angry he was and he embodies richard Jewell in this film and i think that that was great And overall, the story kept me interested. There was never too many times where I felt like we were wasting time or anything like that. Most of all, the pacing works in this film. And there's nothing like visually spectacular about it. But you do got a lot of good looking, attractive leads and different people like that. But for the most part, Clint Eastwood uh, steadily had his hand on the wheel here. So I will commend him on the pacing and the storytelling of this. I understood it fully, and it was nice the way uh, in which he told the story. There are some other great performances by Sam Rockwell and Kathy Bates as well in this movie, and you've got to see it for yourself, too, so that you can weigh in on the controversy because who doesn't like a good controversy, right? Uh, I'm a wrestler, so I'm going to quote a a wrestling personality, Eric Bischoff, who was a big, uh, prominent figure in the WCW days, and he did a little bit with WWE, with Vince McMahon, but Eric Bischoff used to say, controversy creates cash. Well, I mean, it also creates interest and everything like that. So uh, if you want to be a part of that conversation, you've got to see what they did with Olivia Wilde in this as Kathy Scruggs and develop your own opinion. What do you think? Do you think that doing this to this reporter who actually lived and who was actually there, do you feel like this hinders the overall message that the film is trying to make? Because it does the very thing that the media did to Richard Jewell. Uh I I'd be interested to know what you Cinefans fans think about that. But overall I mean, hell, you've got controversy, you've got some strong performances, maybe even some Oscar-worthy ones, and you, and overall, you've got an uplifting story about a man who was really an underdog in a situation but came out better on the other side. And I think that is enough alone for me to recommend this. Unfortunately, I know that this hasn't done very well at the box office. A lot of people are attributing this controversy to that, but But even if you miss it at the box office, uh, check it out whenever it comes to different forms of media. I think that this is one that overall most people will enjoy and it's not too preachy or anything like that. It's just a nice underdog story at its heart. And I think that that's what ultimately matters most. In the end, I am going to give this film 75 Richard Jewels angrily standing up and professing that he just wishes that all of this smearing and all these investigations and all of these checkings would just go away so we can find the true culprit out of 100. 75 out of 100 that's pretty positive for me. Go see Richard Jewell and if you don't miss it uh, and if you miss it in the movie theater, then definitely check it out whenever it's made available to all forms of media. And with that being said, that's going to do it for this solo episode of Cinema Slayers. Don't forget that you can check us out at cinemaslayers.com. That's our website. We've got blogs, we've got written reviews, and we've got links to all the different various uh uh, ways that you can get to our podcast episodes. It will be on cinemaslayers.com Give us a like on Facebook Cinema Slayers Podcast and there we always try to post the latest previews, the latest trailers. We will, We also post links to our newest episodes We report on when those episodes are up and available so definitely check that out so that you can have access to our podcast We also have got videos first impression videos that we do and different things like that so there's a lot of content to look forward to on our Facebook page, Cinema Slayers Podcast, and don't forget about the Instagram, uh, Cinema Underscore Slayers, where you can check out um, other pictures and different things like that. We also post our links there as well, or our picks every, our streaming picks every week, where we pick services like Netflix, Hulu, HBO Now, and we make recommendations for that. Um, Uh, If you're not watching The Mandalorian, you're crazy. You need to get on that. Um, So, yeah, we've got that. We've got Instagram. We got Twitter at Cinema Slayer. So definitely check us out and be a part of the conversation. Let me know what you thought about Richard Jewell when you saw it. And please let me know what you think about the Olivia Wilde character, the Kathy Scruggs uh, um, controversy. I mean, because who knows? Some of you out there might think it's karma, right? Like, look, that they, she was part of the people that smeared Richard Jewell. So, hey, you know, maybe this is uh, them getting their just deserves. But whatever, however you fall on that conversation, I'd like to know. So hit us up, hit us on all those various forms of media that I told you. And please stay tuned and keep on listening for more awesome episodes here at Cinema Slayer.